You are listening to The Think Tank, the unofficial NAFO podcast, brought to you by your best brain-damaged dogs and friends. Now please welcome your hosts, Matt, the TWAFO CEO, and Joe Place. So welcome to another episode of the Think Tank with me and Joe. It's another double act. We were hoping to have a guest, but uh, as I was explaining earlier, they are real people and we don't have the FSB or FSR or SVR to organise our guests for us, unlike certain other podcasts. So, um, yeah, it's just us two for a quick discussion about what's been happening. And then we'll have another guest recording next week. Fingers crossed. Uh, it will be, we've got some really interesting people and it's just a case of very unorganized people such as me trying to, um, <laughs> trying to book very organized and very busy professional people such as them. Um, so we, we will get there. And I think this is our sixth or seventh episode, isn't it? So we're learning as we go. Something like that. Yeah. I think we'll just have to accept the fact that probably most episodes won't be with guests like we originally thought and we will just have yeah. these sort of episodes and then every like other episode or so we'll be with guests and we will see from there. Yeah I quite <laughs> like having a chat with you anyway Joe. Yeah, um, nice. So um, so uh, what have you been up to? What have you been doing? What have I been doing? What's the key of four week? That was a really interesting experience. I actually held, so that was, I, I was been very fortunate in that when the war started I was already out of Ukraine um, and he, and when even when I came back to Ukraine the first time and I went to Kiev and some other places, that was in that lull at the end of the like in the summer. Uh, it was at the end of the summer actually. Where nothing, no, they hadn't started the airstrike campaign. It literally started a week after uh, I left Kiev. Uh, so this we went to Kiev this time, and it was the first time I heard like attacks and we heard the um the air defense the new patriot missiles it was the night when everyone said it's really loud and it was really loud but uh it says a lot about me so me and my wife we were staying right in the center of kiev and you know we were wary uh, a couple of times sirens had gone off when we were there and most of the time no one really like worried everyone's like oh it's probably just a plane nothing happens or it's just a drone they'll shoot it down okay whatever people really got quite normalized about it but it came on this night, we were like, okay, let's just keep an ear out. We actually already made a little area in the corridor of our flat that we were staying in uh, to sleep in if worse, in the, if needs be. And uh, basically then we kind of fell back asleep and I was like hearing banging outside, but in my like sleepy brain, I thought it was just, you know, like someone banging bins or something. And my wife was like, Joe, we need to go. And it's explosion. I'm like, yeah, no. And I was like, oh, wait. And it took me a minute to come around. <laughs> Oh and so, yeah, and I went out the window to have a quick look, which is very safe. You definitely should not do that. But of course, I couldn't not have a quick look and I could see the air defense firing. And yeah, uh, yeah. and it happened again a couple of nights after. Um, but yeah, both those nights, you know, everything was shut down. But it is loud and it's scary. And that was my first experience of that. So it was new. And I'm a, I don't know how Ukrainians who live in these places deal with it every day. 
He's like, I knew probably nothing would hit us, but it's like debris might come, a window might break, something like that might happen. So you never know. It's better to be safe. And yeah, and it it was uh, an experience. But Kiev yeah, is lovely. Kiev is still lovely and it's yeah. great. Oh, good. Uh, people sort of norm. You're saying people are sort of normalised the, mm-hmm. the day the, the air raids and mm-hmm. I guess that ha- that happened in the UK and during the Blitz and things. People yeah. people don't stop living. No. And I think this is probably what the Russians don't understand. They've been trying to scare everyone, and now people are just going, yeah, yeah. Not, not quite like that. But you see what I mean? It's, it's, yeah. um, I wish they'd just stop because it's not having the effect that they want it to have. There was a flight of the strategic bombers, and so they flew from the Arctic Circle to the launch area in the Caspian Sea, and they fired four missiles. Mm-hmm. So it must be costing... <laughs> You know, an absolute fortune, and I think they just, they bombed a, ho- a hospital. The madness is just mad, absolutely mad. So I was talking to someone who works in analysis of security issues, and he says, well, they do this so that Ukraine keeps its air defence in Kiev, and because the air defence costs Ukraine millions or something, and Russia doesn't care about their expenses. But that to me doesn't seem to really convince me entirely. You know, I don't think Ukraine would move air defence from Kiev anyway. And Russia is affected by famines, you know, if they weren't, they'd probably have a lot more shiny and stuff. I, I take the point, but mm, I'm just not entirely convinced by that. So I'm not an expert, but it just seems a bit, it seems like a daft strategy. It doesn't make sense to me, but there you go. So that is um, everything they've done. <laughs> yeah. So what have I, I've, I've, I've just been watching um, videos of boats exploding, of Russians invading Russia and planes being shot down. It, a lot has happened. So, so what do you think about the Russians invading Russia? It's quite entertaining to see because you know, like I know there'd been like little incursions into built into that area before, and then you know when it first started happening, I was thinking, okay, but you know this could just be psyops, nothing's really, you know, someone could have just taken a photo, you know, like it could just be whatever, and then you just started seeing more and more like, oh, okay, they've done it, and it was a bit of like, who is it? It's like, oh, okay, it's the Russians, it's the Russian Legion, and the Free Russia. I get confused with all the different groups. Yeah. Uh, and I will talk about this. But yeah, so I thought it was quite funny, to be honest with you. And it's really shown how poorly equipped they are at the borders, how they are sending poorly troops. And it's, yeah, it's interesting what's going to happen. I've got some firm thoughts on this, but I will wait a little bit. Uh, what, because... What's your reaction there? Yeah, so I've it was very it was hilarious i thought to begin with and because they they strolled in with a couple of jeeps um, seemingly within half an hour they'd stolen tanks and armored personnel carriers and we're going this seems fairly straightforward and they drove past the border points and they took a few towns and yeah and just and i think they spent a night there and they were expecting to be attacked and they were it was like a um, a camp out for them and i think it would took a, a day or so for the russians to realize what was actually going on and and they they filmed a, an su-34 bombing a field and missing anything and then there was a staged photo wasn't there of a humvee yeah. in a hole that had clearly been just pushed in there <laughs> and that was rapidly debunked um the, the, the russian invaders themselves what do we call them i don't know um are interesting they're interesting people and there was like there was there seemed to be a bit of a debate about mm, are they all know that they're, they're Nazis and yeah. or they're Russian and 
I don't think it really matters because it must be really annoying for Russia itself. So I'll, I'll take it as a win, whoever they are. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, so this is what I kind of want to talk about a bit because we have different groups. And for a long time, a lot of people said that. This is effectively... Right. Some people have said they don't really exist. It's sort of... It's, it's just a, a PR stunt by Ukraine to sort of create the illusion of Discord. It does seem they are real. I don't think they're that big. Neither, neither of these groups okay. are. Uh, that is my perspective of it. Um, yeah, and it seems like one is definitely quite far right, and the other one is sort of quote unquote normal. Uh, I know some Ukrainians are themselves are quite uh, worried. Let's say because you know, can we trust Russian far right people? Uh, which is a complete fair point. But yeah, I, I don't, I don't suspect you know. These people are going to be taking over Russia and creating a fascist regime because I don't think they're that big, but I think they, they could be key to uh, causing some chaos within Russia, creating a sense yeah. of panic, of disunity. And yeah, and that they are Russians doing it rather than Ukrainians does give Ukraine a bit of distance because they're not accused of invading Russia or whatever. Um, it, it's, it's definitely really interesting. I, I do think that yeah, we probably should be careful not to romanticise the groups, but we can still commend that this is really interesting and funny, uh, as I said lots in the last episode. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's. Um, I know they've got some um, interesting political views, <laughs> but I don't think I think they're probably they may be better off in Russia, to be honest. Than oh, yeah, yeah. So let let Russia worry about it. Um, and it's also quite funny seeing people saying they're not really independent. They're just there to cause trouble. And I'm going, hang on a minute. I'm sure we've heard this somewhere before. Yeah. This and is this is what I really want to talk about. This is kind of like my copium. Like, I find it really funny seeing people like say they're not real. They're backed by Ukraine. They're like, this. it's like, uh huh. Yeah. Now you know how that feels. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and then, and then. Then Russia started bombing the, their own civilians. I'm going, hang on a minute. You're not allowed to do that, apparently. Yeah. And so, yeah, I just want Ukraine to say, oh, I'm afraid we're going to have to send in some peacekeeping troops now yeah. to yeah. Uh, stabilize the border region and um, make sure that you, the ethnic Ukrainians in Russia are safe, you know. And I think that's, I think that's what, that's what I would do. But then, yeah. I, 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 I I, I, it's probably a good job that I'm not in charge because <laughs> that, I think everything would be one enormous trolling operation. Um, but there you go. To be fair, Ukraine do um, that quite often. Um, do they? Mm -hmm. Well, they, they're generally trolling Russia quite often. You know their PR and the, 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 I, like. This is the other thing I find really interesting to me. Day after they said that Putin had fallen, and it's like that was the news, and then all of a sudden. Oh, Bogan! And then, like, just no one just everyone just stopped talking about Bakhmut, and it was like, oh, okay, we just stolen your thunder now. Like, uh, yeah, brilliant timing. I yeah, think yeah. it must have been deliberate. There was absolutely no. It's such a good coincidence. Um, yeah. So we've had the Russians invading Russia yep. to um, to free the BPR, the Bilharod um, People's Republic. Yeah. We've lost the Russia's lost a couple of boats. Or ships in the last couple of days. I think there was too. another one this morning. Yes, oh. I think um, another landing ship got hit in Berdyansk. Berdyansk, yeah. Berdyansk, People yeah. are laughing at my pronunciations. Um, and we've had the um, Ivanka electronic warship 
electronic yeah. war get blasted by a drone. Hopefully, the raccoon's revenge. <laughs> that would be really funny. Yeah, that would be awesome, wouldn't it? They released a video saying, "No, no, everything is okay. Uh, look, we've blown the drone up." And then, as soon as you actually look at it, you go, "That's a. That's not a drone. <laughs> B. That until that's winter." <laughs> uh, and then, and then half an hour later, um, Ukraine released the video of the of the drone hitting the actual identifiable ship, and the the water conditions were different. Everything was different. I think I think Russia just put out rubbish and hope that it confuses people because it was blatant blatant lies. And this is their tactic. Now, the, I, I actually uh, talked about this on one of my blogs, things actually. Because, you know, okay. and, and this is something that quite a lot of people talk about, especially, well, they have two different tactics of propaganda, but it's like for abroad and at home. But one of the things that is really important, yeah, it's, they're not trying to convince you of something. They're just trying to sow enough doubt that you can't determine up left from right, up from down, black and from white. And this disempowers you. This makes you go, oh, who knows whose truth is there? And yeah, it's a little, and this is why I think, but then again, I think this is true for some of the cases. Sometimes though, I just think their their propaganda department is just really bad at it, and they just think people won't research it. Maybe they're arguing, they're aiming at an audience of people who don't have the internet. I, I don't know because yeah, it, sometimes it's so e obviously fake that I, I don't know how they expect anyone to believe it. Maybe they are just stupid. Well, yeah, you can't. You should never mistake malice for stupidity. Yeah, because I because I I was watching this video and there's there's some there's some really good threads now, and there's a lot of people who can just look at this stuff and go yeah that's the wrong sort of shell from the sort of machine gun that this boat has there's no way it would look like that and you go okay I, I, and they they show you yeah, this this tracer blah 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 and when when you understand that it's it's blatantly obvious that it's just all made up but of the tv and the newspapers don't have that depth of knowledge so they say no. russia said that there was no damage ukraine said that there was damage and then they they leave it at that. So I guess that's the, the purpose, isn't it? It's that sort of fake balance that the Western TV programmes seem to love. Um, they don't provide any context, do they? No. Um, no. But anyway, no. fingers crossed that they haven't yeah. found I haven't checked the news. Have they have they found it yet? Not that I know of. Uh, right. So, yeah, we've had, what else have we had lately? We should talk a bit about Bakhmut. It's not quite as funny or interesting, but it is quite a well, is it that significant, actually? This is the thing, you know, I said this before, from the point of view of defending, holding on to it was apparently anyway, you know, a good way for Russians to waste lots of men and resources to cause. Yeah, I think I think um Joe Biden has said that there was a hundred thousand casualties for the one town. Yeah. Um so that that's an astonishing it's just completely destroyed and there's no real gain for Russia. I don't know to the full extent of this why. I don't know if we ever will, like, you know, why Ukraine withdrew. But, you know, Russia are celebrating that they've taken back more, or they were very quickly, what, after nine months longer than Stalingrad? It's hardly a win. It's pretty much a Pyrrhic, Pyrrhic victory, however you pronounce it. Um, but, yeah. Well, I think I think Ukraine have started moving in on the, the flanks, so to try and <laughs> to try and circle around. Especially while Wagner are pulling out and the Russian Ministry of Defense are um moving in wow. I, another thing that this sort of crosses over with the the invasion of Russia was that when there was, there was a really good article in The Guardian actually um and they did describe the defenses and there are conscripts without 
rifles and without ammunition who whose job it is to just stand in trenches on the border in Belgorod. And um, so they're 100 metres in front of the actual border guards. The border guards themselves then are in, are in front of the officers. So the, it's just the job of um, the conscripts just to be hit by the bullets. That's right. This is what it's, um, they have no food, so their parents, so these are young guys, and their parents are sending food in, and the officers are stealing the food. So I think there was the, they reported somebody eating earth. So it sounds yeah. pretty hideous. Yeah, I've um, seen some things about how basically those soldiers are, 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 are the conscripts on the border and they never fired a gun before. They used it like a couple of times. They didn't have all the equipment. Yeah, like as you're saying. Yeah, it doesn't sound good for them. Not they could always go. No, they could always yeah. go. But I, I'm not surprised when it's all these probing attacks. Um, I wonder how far they will go. I wonder what will happen. I wonder what how many more incursions we'll see. So, and there's just an astonishing amount of copium around all these different things. Oh, did we cover the um, four aircraft shot down in one day? I don't think we did. We did not. No, uh, I'll let you talk about that. That was a um, flight group. So it was a bomber, Su-34, a fighter, Su-35, which was supposed to provide cover, and then two rare, expensive electronic warfare helicopters with apparently all the kit they needed to blunt the, you know, stop the other aircraft being hit by missiles. So it would jam the missiles, reflect uh -huh. the, whatever it is these things do. Unfortunately, the entire group got destroyed by Ukraine um, in one day. These are their best aircraft, their rarest and most expensive stuff. And they just got, they just got obliterated. And I think some more have gone since then. Yeah. Um, this day happened, and I remember that was quite a big deal. And then, but so much has happened since. I was like, "Oh yeah, that happened. That was a big thing as well." It's, that was a. It, I mean, for me, that's the most interesting thing is because these are their sort of top of the line, expensive, you know, Wunderwaffe, you know, the electronic warfare which they were supposed to be amazing at. The Su thirty five, which is the top of the range thing, and they. They've just been they just got shot down whenever they got near any anti-aircraft system. I think what do they think they were gonna do if they're actually fighting against a fully equipped NATO army? It, it makes no it makes no sense. And it I'm filing it under the Matt's perplexed by Russian behavior. That's quite a lengthy book, I guess. I'm, I'm it is now. Yeah, and it's just oh we'll just lie about our weapons and say how brilliant they are. But it just makes NATO countries go, oh, they've got really amazing stuff. We need to make better stuff. <laughs> did oh, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, did you see the video with um, Pogosin when he was talking about, I definitely mispronounced his name then, um, yeah. talk, talking about how, some, you know, there's that little quote, I mean, it was like, somehow we militarise Ukraine. But yeah, he's completely yes. right, saying how when we started the war, Ukraine had like 4,000 this, and now they have, whatever the number was. Yeah. The they had 500 yeah. tanks, and now they've got 5,000 tanks. Yeah. yeah. It's like, yes, you have created this. You, you, you did this yourself. You made your enemy. So they, I think they had about five MiG-29s, didn't they? And some mm. old SG-24s. And now they've got um, F-16s on the way, Gripins maybe, and, you know, and they've, they've already got air-launched cruise, <laughs> air cruise missiles. <laughs> ah, Storm Shadows, there you go, um, yeah. Storm Shadows. And so, so they've got air-launched cruise missiles, they'll have F-16s, they'll have goodness knows what else, and Abrams tanks, Challenger, 
And everything that Putin said the war was about has proved to be, a, a, it's either a complete cock up or just a, a lie to begin with. And yeah. I'm not sure which yeah. this time. It, it's going to be interesting to watch the Abrahams tanks against uh, Abrahams and Challenger tanks against the T-62, I think, or T-55. I, I will get a big bucket of popcorn. Are we going to see it? I don't, we're never going to see an SU-57 and we're never going to see a T-14 because we would have seen them by now. And, and, the, and the launch of four missiles from these sort of strategic bombers just shows you they, they, would have, they used to launch sort of tens, you know, sort of like flood. Now it was four. So it, it looks like they're just launching them when they come out of the factory now, doesn't it? Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and yeah, they still so, need Iranian stuff. They still need Iranian drones. They still their own manufacturing is still very much struggling. The Iranian drones are basically, they I think they're covered by jeopards and things like that. And now because Switzerland, <laughs> no, this is how bad it's going. Switzerland has now joined supplying ammunition to Ukraine. It's like how bad does it have to be going for Russia when Switzerland chooses a side? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So I think there was a big fuss, wasn't there, that they, Switzerland refused to supply this sort of specialised ammunition for the Jeopards, which have got a, like a second lease of life now, haven't they, with drones? Yeah, I think uh, so. Well, you don't want to fire missiles at these things because there's so many. Mm -hmm. But if you if you can get them with sort of radar guided machine guns, and you know, and fair play to Germany for giving for giving these. I don't know whether it was by luck or planning. It, it, does seem to, it does seem to me, and I, I, this is completely speculative because we don't know the conversations that happens behind closed doors, but it does seem that in the last like, just few weeks, really, it does seem that a lot of countries stepped up all of a sudden, and I'm curious what mm. prompted this. Like, did they, did Ukraine explain their plan, like how they do the counter-offensive, and people are like, okay, but yes, and to do, you can do this, but you need this, this, and this, and we can actually get the war like, done, done sooner. Or was it just a question of bureaucracy, you know, just like, you know, just things just took time? Um, yeah. I, I'm interested in this, but I suppose we won't get an answer. I've got I've got a theory, if you're interested. Give me a theory. Love right, so theories. this is, this is, um, this is my um, Sir, Sir Lord Ben Wallace MP, um, mm -hmm. The guy sent the cruise missiles, the you know the long distance cruise missiles. Supposedly, the last red line. They fired the long range cruise missiles at Russia, and it blew things up. And everyone's gone, oh, where? What's happened to? Well, Russia said it would be they they would respond severely, and nothing's happened. And Ben Wallace is going, yeah, I told you. And Ukraine are going, see, and. And it was a few days later, wasn't it? Biden said, oh, okay, you can have F-16s. And then Switzerland says, oh, okay, you can have this. And then Germany says, oh, we found some more leopards. Spain says, oh, yeah, we've got some more. And it, and then, so it's sort of broken the that sort of thing. Yeah, I think it might actually, because it's always been a case of whoever, someone has to go first, and once that person's gone first, like, oh, we can't send tanks. Oh, but someone does. And then also, okay, but no one wants to be the first. Everyone's at all yeah. waiting around, and I think that has been the case. I'll say fair play to um to the British government here because mm -hmm. they are they've gone they went first with tanks, they've gone first with um, training, they've gone first with all sorts of things, haven't they? And they supplied the end laws when everyone else was going there. 
it'll be over in a few days. Yeah. Um, so, whatever your political stance at the ho- at home, they've been mm-hmm. they've done nothing but they've done nothing but a good job for Ukraine, and I, and I just I think they're actually under. If you look at timings of these announcements, they've they've led the way. So although they've only said, well, we've only got fourteen Challenger tanks, but you can have them, and then magically all these leopards appear and the Abrams appear. And I think that's that seems to be the job of of Britain to maybe just say, oh well, we've crossed the red lines. Yeah. Last, last time we checked, London was okay, you know. And so um, I think I think that's what what what's going on. That's my yeah. theory. I think you're pretty much right. Yeah. Um, I'm curious that have F-16s been confirmed? I thought it was just a training. No, no, F-16s. Yeah. So the Netherlands. Ah, uh, Netherlands. Yeah, that's it. Uh, Netherlands and Denmark, I think, at the moment, and Sweden has announced training on Gripens. Whether or not they will get those, uh, they wouldn't train them if they were. No, yeah, yeah. Well, training the thing that you're never going to have, but no one's going to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and what what I also noticed with about the Storm Shadow is, you know, people are going, oh, it's going to take months. Well, I know that they modified the SU-24s in November because I saw an article in December saying they'd actually done tests already. But they didn't announce it until what April, May. So mm. what our timescales in public don't necessarily match the timescales no. that are going to happen, you know. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens, you know. And I, there's definitely stuff that we don't know about. No, absolutely. Yeah, this is the thing: it, it, what happens in public might be different. Stuff that is being announced might have already been done, you know. Like they, they just have it's, to. It, yeah, exactly right. Um, yeah. I have a funny story about the end laws, by the way. So um, I'm not that long ago, I was chatting to someone um, who, a Ukrainian guy who is in the, uh, he's in the army, but he does logistics. So he's mostly very far away from the um, war. He's actually near where I am. And he, but he told me how, oh yeah, I'm trained on an end law. And I asked him out of curiosity, like, because everyone says it's very easy, right? It's quite easy to use. I said, are they easy to use? And he replied, if you know how to use it, thank <laughs> you. <laughs> oh, dear. Because I remember a picture of Boris Johnson pointing at the thing. And I was just thinking, he, I don't think he's holding that right. <laughs> but it didn't really matter. But there you go. I wanted to ask you, do you have any specific copia or anything? that you've do I, have any? I do. I do. And it was last night. Um, there was an absolutely horrific YouTube broadcast by the Workers' Party of Great Britain. I don't know if you've heard of them. The Workers' Party. I'm going to Google them uh, while you Yeah, explain. so that is George Galloway's party. Ah, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there was a, there was, they had a YouTube, and they had Nick Branner from the People's Party in America. They had Angela McArdle from the Libertarian Party. We had Jose Vega from the Schiller Institute. Have you heard of the LaRouche cult? They're um, those weird so, leftists, right? But they're not really leftists. Left, like, left right. Yep, yep, that's them. So it was a, a very strange mixture of British tankies, American peaceniks, American libertarians, and then, and then a, a, a LaRouche, um, uh-huh. I don't know, fascist socialist person thing. And it was what? horrific. You could, you could see that they'd all planned, you know, it's like, 
oh, we must leave NATO. We must. NATO is no good. NATO is no good. Look, they've got nuclear bombs, and if and if they escalate, then Russia is going to destroy everything. And George Galloway basically said, Russia must win, otherwise the world will end. It was just an hour of just pure rubbish and copium that you could see that they're, they're just. It it obviously been planned because I saw on Francis Scott and Julia Davis's, you know, their brilliant translations of uh, mm-hmm. Russian propaganda people. It was exactly the same theme on exactly the same day. They were going, oh, we should just nuke Europe. This is this is coordinate. This has got to be coordinated. And I just think, how are these people in the UA, UK and US still allowed to do this nonsense? And oh, yeah. it just it's just so annoying. I know free speech. Yeah, I know that. But it was just so coordinated. It's coordinated with a LaRouche cult, you know, who have very, very dubious background. What the hell? <laughs> and Ukraine are not going to give up because they say, oh, why don't they just negotiate? But they don't. They can't. How can they? Because if they no. if they surrender, they'll end up being killed anyway, because we saw what happened in Bucha and Mariupol. And I why would they, they even doing that? Negotiation as well like, it implies an equal footing and it implies that you're like, for example, okay, every war, even World War II, even if it's a surrender, there is some form of negotiation. But whenever people, that's not what people are talking about, is it? When everyone says negotiate, they're always usually saying, you should give up, mm, you give up Crimea, give up Donetsk, whatever. Yeah, and that's what they actually mean, yeah. Yeah, but that doesn't, first of all, that's really naive to think, oh, because they thought it would stop this. Like, I mean, Russia had occupation of Crimea and Donetsk and part of Donetsk and part of Luhansk for eight years and you know it didn't stop at that did they I mean okay Ukraine didn't agree but they didn't stop and we're not talking about people who will be like oh that's all we want and it's not like there's a reasonable claim on either side for example I saw yesterday I I need to read out more but about Armenia and Azerbaijan Apparently, yes. they, they're coming quite close to an agreement, basically. That they are. Armenia will, rec- will say that it's Azerbaijani land so long as Armenians are protected, which, yeah, that's fair enough, because on the one hand, Azerbaijan is by law their land, but also we can't deny lots of Armenians live there. Um, and they were right. being, and the, um, Azerbaijan's a terrible thing to them. And during the 90s, I mean, you know, there was a horrible, long-standing war. That's quite yeah. complicated. And they've kind of, they've kind of, they've, I see the elements of, I understand both the sides to an extent. You know, there is a level of equalness. It's not the same in this war. <laughs> it's not. It's, no. this, this is a completely different situation. Yeah. Oh. yeah. I, they they a, invaded. Russia invaded, murdered and kidnapped people. Why would you? Well. Yes. Yes. Why would you even? Why would you want to? Make, yeah. I just googled this party, by the way. On notable members, one of the founding members of one of the founding members of this party was a member of the band UB40. Which is um, really how, yes. how interesting. Brian Travers, yes, um, and it's very funny. Do you want to read? Like they described themselves. They formed in 2019 when Jeremy Corbyn resigned, and it was formed with a commitment to defend the achievements of the USSR, China, Cuba, etc. They <laughs> described themselves as the opposition to Labour uh, because they no longer represent the working class. Uh, I can kind of get that bit, but I don't think they represent them in a way I would like to be represented. And then they 
Um, oh, they have Maoist, strong links to the Communist Party in Great Britain. And also, where was the quote I saw, which was fantastic? Ah, yes, platform. The party describes itself as economically radical with an independent foreign policy and unequivocally committed to class politics. In May 2021, Galloway described the party as the working class patriotic alternative to fake woke anti-British Labour. Now, that doesn't sound very left wing to me. It actually sounds quite fascist. <sighs> oh, dear. So we've got the George. There was another guy there, um, a chap in the UK. Uh, called David Clues, who has links to various uh, right-wing groups. Um, and it's just interesting to see the connect the collection of far-left and far-right groups all coming together. But it was just, they're in denial. They're in clear denial. And I don't think they expected to be in the position where Ukraine would be, would effectively have the upper hand. Um, so that's, that's my that's my copium. Yeah, I, I don't really have anything good to old, add. Good old I George. Always... <laughs> I already explained earlier about so closely getting the point about oh these people in Belgrade aren't really Russians or whatever just without a hint of irony that was my copium so yeah I'm almost ready to wrap up I don't know about you I, th- I think I think we've pretty much covered everything and I'm just going through oh and there is a massive collection of memes where where various people in NAFO have kidnapped various celebrities and given them different quotes. So we've had Jeremy Corbyn standing up for Ukraine, Roger Waters, George Galloway. So that's my memes of the week, is oh, these yes. celebrities suddenly changed sides. Well, I don't know what day this is going to be released on. So today is Friday the 26th of May, for anyone curious. So we... The meme awards were closed and the the winners will be announced soon, from what I understand. So thank you for everyone who submitted and voted. I mean, it's not mine, but uh, thank you on behalf of James and other people who ran it. Um, awesome. And yes, and there will be some more movement on some of my coordinated efforts against certain corporations soon. Um, stay tuned on that one. Um, is there anything else I would like to shout out this week? Don't know. Always donate. Find things to donate to. Send money. Help Ukraine. That's yep. people online. Um, I, I would I would say make sure that you donate to United24 because it, it sounds like we need a few more drones, uh, naval drones now. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so I think that, a few may have been a few may have been used up, so we will need some replacements. So um, get your wallets out. Um, next week, hopefully, will we have a guest? I guess that we were meant to have today. And I don't yep. know what we will talk about because God knows what's going to happen in the following week. It might be really I funny because everything by the time this is released, it'll be like, oh, what? who cares about that anymore? Okay. So, yeah, I, I reckon China's going to invade Vladivostok. Um, that's, what, that's what I think. I mean, it can't get any more crazy, right? You yeah. know, mm-hmm. last, year, last year, Ukraine had some disposable anti-tank guns and some old Soviet stuff. And now they've got F-16s and um, cruise missiles. So... If that happens in a year, then goodness knows what's going to come up next. Well, uh, I guess we can wrap up then. Nice to talk to you, Joe. Good to talk to you. Thank you for listening, humans, dogs. Thank you very much. Thank you for joining us in our tank, as usual. (laughs) Yeah. And um, we've had had no gunner this week, so um, hopefully hopefully he'll turn up next week. We'll be marching on Washington as far as I'm aware next week. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. Thank you, Joe. Thank you.